What's up, everybody? This is Keith from the Bronx Lounge. Thanking you for tuning in to today's episode as Cav and I break down all things Yankees baseball and have a great time. Check us out on all social platforms at the Bronx Lounge for daily Yankee content and to join the awesome community we hope to build. We hope you enjoy this episode just as much as we enjoy making it. And without further ado, sit back, relax, and let's talk some Yankees in the Bronx Lounge. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bronx Lounge podcast with me, Connor Cavanaugh, and my buddy Keith O'Neill. We're going to be recapping the Yankees losing two out of three in the Bronx to the White Sox. Air quality was bad, and so was the Yankees baseball. Um, we are just going to jump right into it. We have a lot to talk about today, and we're going to start with some of the injury news. Um, and we're going to start with Judge. Um, if you haven't heard, Judge was put on the 10-day IL with, um, I think what they said was a toe sprain. They think there might be some possible ligament damage. Um, and he got a shot in the toe to try to uh, take down the swelling because they really can't do an MRI until the swelling goes down. So there's really no timetable for his return. Now, this really concerns me. I think it might be a little bit of a longer period of time that we don't have judge than other people might think. But I want to get your initial view on the judge injury, how long you think he might be out, how serious you think it might be, and what you think the long-term effects are for, for this team season. No, <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely serious uh, concerning the fact that this lineup without him has definitely looked really weird, and it's just there's not – there's not the depth that we've had uh, in years past with the outfield, especially um, the outfield all year has just been, just hasn't been in the piece that we've expected it to be. Um, you know, Bader's Bader has been knocked around a couple times and now this is, uh, you know, judge is going to go on the IL. I think this is now the second time this year. Um, it's concerning. Cause you know, you don't know how this, this lineup without judge is so just, it's not depend Like they're just so undependent on or like independent on um, anyone. Um, you know, guys like Stanton and Rizzo and Glaber, you know, we just saw it this past series. Um, you know, they they need to step up now, and they didn't uh, this past series, and which is why we lost two out of three. Um, you know, these are the guys that we need to step up. You know, they went you know, 0 for 15 in a game against Chicago is not going to is not gonna cut it. Um, so at this point, we just, you really need guys like them to step up. Um, and when it comes to timetables and, and uh, the seriousness, you know, it's it, there's some there's a way you can go around it. The timetable is kind of you know, it you don't really know where it could go with that. Um, I think the seriousness level, I think you know, it's definitely not as serious as you know, a torn ACL or something. But uh, it's you know, it's you know, running wise, it probably could affect them in a way, or like you know, something with a swing, it probably could could affect a little tweak of something. So, but no, I don't think it's. A, anything too serious, but, uh, I think lineup wise right now, there's a big, big problem with, uh, a big missing piece with judge. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I might be a little bit more concerned than you. And it really starts with how the organization is kind of going about this as opposed to the first aisle stint that he, you know, had earlier this year, like that you talked about, because I remember when, you know, he went in the IL for the hip injury earlier in the year, um, in Minnesota, they said, you know, it was cautionary. He was going on the 10 day, you know, just to be cautionary, probably wasn't going to take 10 days for him to be healed, then he would be back. Um, 
you know, directly after that 10-day IL stint. They are not, you know, really talking this way about this one, and they're not really giving us any answers because I don't know if they have answers. Um, you know, if they haven't been able to get, you know, a clear look at the toe under an MRI yet because of the swelling, they don't know if there's any, you know, structural ligament damage in that toe, which there very well could be. They put them on the IL for a strain, but they don't know what the toe looks like until the swelling goes down. And they don't seem to be talking very positively about this situation. They seem, you know, Boone, um, when asked, you know, about Judge to, uh, by the media following the postponement on Wednesday night, he seemed a little bit, you know, annoyed. Like agitated, yeah. Yeah, he seemed agitated answering the questions about Judge. And I think that's because you know, they don't have answers right now. And that does really concern me. And the biggest reason that it concerns me is, you know, you did, you talked about, you know, you talked about it in length, how the lineup is so much different without him. And, you know, you touched on the 0 for 15 for, you know, the four big guys in the lineup right now, that was game two, you know, but just in like a broader sense, you know, the Yankees are seven and eight this year without judge in the lineup. So, you know, they're one game under 500. They're pretty much, you know, an average to, you know, slightly below average team without judge in the lineup. And right now, since you dropped two out of three against the White Sox and the Rays keep winning, you've now brought yourself back to eight and a half games back in the division. If Judge is going to miss a couple of weeks, by the time he comes back, you might be looking at, you know, a 10 to 13, you know, maybe, you know, if you really struggle, maybe up to like 15 games in the division. And at that point, the division might be over, you know, in June. And obviously that's not what we want to hear. And I'm really concerned about that because, you know, you talked about the lineup and it really is so much different when Judge isn't in there. And if they're going to have a you know a little stretch here where they struggle, then you know you might really really put yourself out of you know the division race hopes in June with still you know a couple months of baseball left to play. Yeah, and it is concerning. Um, just the way this team is right now, uh, I feel like this is just such a flat month of baseball that we're kind of at, like almost entering into. Um, you know, Luis Severino has not been himself. Uh, Cortez is now hitting the IL. Um, you know, and if guys like Stanton and them continue to struggle, um, you know, this could be a bad, this could just be a really, really messy month of baseball. And it's just, <clears throat> you can only hope that the pieces can just, just come together. Like, you know, hopefully Bowers and Calhoun can step up for this for however long. Um, and even guys like McKinney, since he's going to be taking over judge's spot. Um, and the pitching, I mean, the pitching has been, fine this year but you know now i feel like it's just so much more on them since you know the offense doesn't really i feel since the offense is just missing such a big hole you know not as much runs could be produced you know we just saw it this weekend um you know it just there's a lot of ways to go around it yeah and you touched on you touched on nestor uh and i I do want to talk about him for a second because he also hit the il and i think a lot of people kind of have you know this injury a little bit wrong too i think you know he hits the the IL with shoulder soreness and, you know, everybody kind of just stops and says, okay, well, this is the reason that Nestor hasn't been Nestor. Give him some rest, let him, you know, let him recoup, you know, his body. And, you know, hopefully he comes back and is, is what he was, you know, the last year and a half for New York. But I don't really see it that way. I, I don't know if, you know, everybody remembers, but this is kind of how the Frankie Montes, you know, injury kind of started. And then eventually it got to the point where they felt they needed to have surgery. And I don't think... I'm not saying that I think that's where we're getting with Nestor, but I don't think it's as simple as, you know, throw him on the IL, let him rest the shoulder, and, you know, he's going to come back, you know, not fatigued and ready to go. I I mean, 
this is also going to be a little bit of a longer, you know, period of time than I think people realize because they've said they're shutting him down for two weeks. So that means he's not picking up a baseball for two weeks. Once that is over, they're going to reevaluate. And if he's ready to start baseball activities again, he's going to need at least another two week ramp up period to get back into being able to pitch in a game. So I think off the bat, we're already looking at a month of not having Nestor Cortez, um, which, you know, is obviously a problem because he hasn't been great this year. But, you know, even with Randy pitching well in this series, you know, I'm going to, I'm taking Nestor over Randy. I'm taking Nestor over Brito, you know, nine times out of 10. And I'm sure every Yankee fan is doing the same. So I think, you know, the Nestor injury is really, really big because I think the, the least, you know, amount of time that we're not going to see him is probably going to be around a month. Yeah. And I mean, it kind of, <clears throat> kind of explains what, you know, that could have possibly been the issue of him not being able to go deep in games. And and if, uh, you know, him just losing his control in the, around the fifth inning was, you know, if that was the issue, if just the arm was getting tired and now, you know, we see it where he kind of has a bit of a dead arm situation. And now, you know, now he has a whole, like you said, almost a, we're looking at a month of rehab maybe. Um, now the only question is who's stepping in that or who's stepping up in that spot. Um you know, we continue to see Clark and Domingo do the thing. And now, you know, we've seen this is twice in, in the past two weeks where uh, Randy Vasquez gets called up as the 27th man, pretty much. And these are two pretty solid outings from Vasquez. Um, and I know you just said that, you know, you'd rather obviously much rather see Cortez than Vasquez or Brito. But, you know, for the time being now that Cortez is going to have almost this month off, you know, really got to think of your options on who you're going to, who's going to be replacing him. We talked about it a little bit in the last cast, but you know, you know, with Vasquez, he just had six, almost six strong innings um, in last night's game. You know, do you think he kind of almost steps into that role where he's going to take over Nestor's spot and maybe, or just be, you know, the end of the rotation opener slash 27th man? I think he's definitely earned, you know, another opportunity to go out there and pitch. It is a little wonky with how the schedule is set up right now, where for, you know, at least, you know, the next like week, they don't necessarily need a fifth starter. They can kind of go with a four man rotation because, you know, they're going to, they're going to have the three games over the weekend, this weekend uh, against the Red Sox. And then they have a day off on Monday. So, you know, you can then, you know, flip, you don't have to worry about having a five man rotation there. You can go four man. Then they play two at City Field against the Mets, and they get another off day. So pretty much for the next you know week, for these next couple of series, you're really only going to need, if you wanted to, to stick with a four-man rotation. So we might not see Randy, you know, yet, but once they get back into, you know, this, the part of the schedule where they're going to need five guys, I think Randy's definitely deserves another, another outing because he did look really good. And I think the biggest thing – you know, for me about his outing was, you know, that I, I feel like we really got to see his full his full repertoire of pitches. Um, you know, against the Padres, we saw a lot of, you know, the fastball, which seemed to have some life on it. And then the curveball, which was talked about as one of the better pitches in the, in, you know, in the Yankees system. But, you know, he didn't use a ton of that curveball in this game. He, he, he mixed in a lot of cutters, a lot of changeups, and he seemed to be really effective in doing so. So I'm definitely, you know, surprised to see, you know, the the repertoire of effective pitches from Randy. And I definitely do think he deserves, you know, to have another shot at some point, whether, you know, it, it does come this week or, you know, whether it comes, uh, you know, later in the month. Yeah, no, definitely. And he's, he's, he's looked good. Um, 
I was a real big fan of his stuff. Um, against Chicago, especially, and honestly, even even against San Diego. I mean, it was legit against San Diego. Just one mistake pitch that he threw, and then you know that was it. Um, but yeah, Vasquez. I mean, his stuff looks good. Um, yeah, he just looked really in command there last night. Um, and yeah, maybe we see. I don't know. Maybe we see more Vasquez now for the next for the next month or so. So, you know, a lot of a lot of questions that that we have though about um, about where this team's headed though. Yeah. So, you know, Randy had the best, you know, starting pitching outing of the series, but, you know, the second best outing goes to Clark. Um, well, you know, Clark Clark had a pretty solid outing. We're going to talk about, you know, Seve in a minute. Um, but Clark had another pretty solid outing, and I think Clark has, you know, start started to put together a couple of these solid outings where, you know, he's going five or six innings and giving the Yankees a chance to be in the ballgame when he leaves. And I think that's really all you can ask from, like, a fifth starter like Clark. You know, his final line in this one, he goes six innings, six hits, three earned, only one strikeout. Um, but, you know, he really just made two mistakes to one guy in Savala. And other than that, you know, he, he, he was he was pretty solid. He just got completely outdueled by Jay Lito. Yeah, no, and uh, I a lot of fans were kind of over, overreacting a little bit when it came to Clark Schmidt. Um, just because they don't want to get into the back end of the streak of Clark Schmidt's inconsistentness, if that's the right word. But, um yeah, uh, I think these past few starts have been pretty uplifting for Clark. Like, I mean, legit, only just to, like he hung he he hung a cutter way too much in the zone um, against Zavala, and the one home run was legit a wall scraper in the short porch. So it's like you know any other park that's not going out possibly. Uh, and you know he just yeah just a couple mistake pitches. I think his just his outings look good. He's a big ground ball pitcher as well. Clark is you know he's reliant on that on that sinker as well. Um, but Clark is, I think, I think he's just going to continue to get better. Um, I think I just, I, I found a lot more positives out of that start than what a lot of other fans probably did. Um, you know, the strikeouts a little, you know, you hope you want those strikeout numbers to go up, but I think it only will just with time. But uh, I liked Clark's start, our Clark start. Uh, I think, think it only gets better after that. Um, just got to just figure out more shit. I don't know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, I think he's really starting starting to build confidence, and he's starting to build you know a little bit more consistency in his outings, which is you know obviously one of the most important things from a starting pitcher. So I really think you know that he is turning the corner, and that was in game one. You know he gave up those three runs, but those three runs were enough for Chicago because you know they scored three runs. Yankees had three hits in the whole game. Um, not a single hit off of Giolito. He no hits them through six innings. Um, you know, you touched on how different, you know, the lineup and the offense looks with that judge. And, you know, right out the gate, game one of this series, I mean, they did absolutely nothing. Uh, you know, IKF doubled and scored, you know, and, and hit in a run late. And so, and Donaldson hit a home run late. And other than that, there was absolutely no offense um, in this game. Um, yeah. And Giolito just completely shut him down. Yeah. And I mean, I, that was my, that was my big concern before the series. I said in the last cast, I was really concerned about how the offense was going to come into the series just because of, you know, you know, the big missing piece, um, you know, the number two hitter is not going to, you know, that's, that's not going to go lightly when you're missing someone like that. Um, and it showed, I mean, you, they couldn't figure out Giolito. Um, you know, they, they were able to do the thing against Lance Lynn, but I mean, even that game slipped away from them, unfortunately. Um, you know, but it just, it, it's such a big question on what, on, you know, what's the momentum right now with this offense? You know, what, what exactly, I don't know. Just, there's no structure. There's no, there's no anything right now. Everyone just looks flat. Um, 
you know, hopefully it's just a little bit of a skid that they're going through right now. Um, but it's huge on how on how these guys perform for the next however long, just because like it it. it Nobody understands how crucial it is when guys like Judge is out. It's just, it, it just he's a, someone that builds like kind of just complements the the lineup so well. And you know, guys like like I said a bunch of times, DJ Rizzo and them. You know, if they're not going to hit, you know, we're we're going to be in serious trouble for the next however long. Yeah, and the structure thing that you talk about, I, I, I totally agree with. I mean, you know, Volpe was over in this series, played two games, didn't get you know a single hit. I don't think he got a base either. You know, he hit fifth in the lineup in game one. I mean, yeah. and then, you know, you know, if we move over to game two, Willie Calhoun was the leadoff hitter. So, like, you're right. Like, there's real no, there's really no true structure to this lineup right now. I don't necessarily even really blame Boone for it. It's kind of just what he's working with right now. But, no, like, to your point, you're totally right. There's no structure to this lineup at all. Yeah. No, it is It is concerning. I mean, I, uh, it's just, yeah, like, it's just what he has to work with. The, the front office just didn't, they just, they've built just a really poor team. It's just, you know, you look at, you know, you're still holding on to these veterans that just, that are just fighting for spots. Like, well, Willie Calhoun, I mean, guy, Willie Calhoun can bang, but, you know, that guy's a proven, you know, proven wash-up, man. He's not, he's not that great. Like, he's he's been in the MLB before. He's not, he's not this all-around guy that we, that we needed right there. Um, and we're continuing to play him every single day. Um, you know, we saw yesterday when, you know, Volpe struggled. Now, all of a sudden, we're throwing Waldo back in the shortstop spot. It's like, you know, Adam, like, that's, you know, there's just, it's so much bouncing around with this, with this, with the lineup and the pieces like that. It just, there is no structure at all. And that's why with guys like Judge being out, it's such a problem just because there is no backup plan like that. There is no, all right, Judge is out, so maybe we can just slide him over here and then, then we'll be good. No, it's just now that, now you gotta, now... Okay, so now is Waldo going to go to right field, or is he going to stay in left? Are you going to put IKF out there, or are we going to have to call something? Like, there's just there's so many questions that just need to be filled, and that's just that's the that's the worst part. That's why us Yankee fans, you know, we make it such a big deal with guys like Judge, just because there has there hasn't been a structure in the past five years. Yeah, and I mean to be honest with you, when you have no structure and your best player is on the IL, you're going to lose games. And especially when your four best guys in your lineup are 0 for 15. And that's what we saw in game two. You touched on it, you know, right when we started, you know, the pot. I mean, Glaber, Rizzo, Stanton, and DJ 0 for 15 with three Ks in game two. The Yankees lose by one run. I mean, you know, you get anything. You get what you're supposed to get from, you know, your four best hitters with Judge out of the lineup. And the Yankees win this game. Even with, you know, another bad Seve outing, which we'll talk about. And, you know, some good performances from other guys in the lineup, your big guys do nothing. And that can't happen when Judge is out of the lineup. It just can't. No, definitely not. And it's it's it just you, the only thing you can hope for is just to, for it to not be a repeating a repeating factor. And, you know, that's it. Um, yeah, and then, then you got to look at possibilities of just what are they going to do at the deadline now. Deadline, you know, the deadline talks are going to start coming up soon. You know, I think the pitching is – been pretty fine so you don't have to worry so much about a pitcher at this point it's now the out the out or the outfield you got to worry about you know you're gonna you, they got to find a left fielder at the deadline um and you know even just guys that complement your lineup and that just fig, fix it all out you know these are you know these are the times where you start looking into next possibilities and you know just how to how to fix things and it's just it, nothing right now is there inside the clubhouse i feel like they even know that there's just no plan right now there's just no no true just structure yeah um 
you know, and then in game two, you have, you know, it was kind of a, the exact opposite outing from Severino. They both end, you know, the, the final lines and the performances aren't good. But in L.A., he gave up six runs in the first, and then he seemed to settle down a little bit, gave, you know, gave the Yankees, you know, four innings. And this one, you know, started and he looked okay early, gave up a home run early, but looked okay, and then it kind of fell apart late. That's two bad starts in a row for Severino. Uh, how do you feel about him right now? It not – I can't say good. You can't say great um, just because of how flat he looks. Um, the fastball looks just bad. Literally all six home runs that he's given up these past two starts have been off the fastball. Uh, so it's pretty concerning, um, concerning the fact that, you know, these are his first few starts off the IL. Um, you know, maybe these are just these games where he's trying to get his shoulder back into back into this groove and, you know, He's still, I mean, the positive is that the fastball velocity went up yesterday. So, you know, only hope that that's just going to continue to keep building. But um, when it comes to his control and, you know, just the way he looks in games, it's just he's getting beat. He's getting flat out beat. You know, that's a big guy, um, especially with Nestor out. He's going to be jumping into the, into the two. Um, and, you know, since we've had nothing from Rodon, you know, it's, it, it's going to hurt if guys like Sevi who's a fan favorite, especially he's going to be having games like this because, you know, we, we can't, we can't afford it. This is just such a bad time right now. It's just, it's ugly. And, you know, only hope you can only hope that it's just him just getting through his, his, his recovery stint. That's it. But other than that, he just, he looks, he doesn't look good. Um, you know, I thought he, I thought he was going to, I honestly thought he was going to have a good game just because he, I thought, I thought he, he, you know, came out the gate in the first inning pretty well against Chicago and then and then just fell apart. Yeah, just fastball just stayed over the zone way too much and just you know, he went he went first pitch fastball a lot. And I think O'Neal was the one who touched on it. He threw sixteen of them and they bat a thousand. Like they hit every single one of them. So it's 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 a concern. It's a really big concern. Yeah, and I mean they also showed on the broadcast hit, you know, his first strikeout of the day came on a ninety seven mile an hour fastball. And then he threw a 96 mile an hour uh, mile per hour fastball that was a single, and then he hit he threw one at 95, and that was the home run. So like you're seeing, you know, Severino when he's on and the velocity is up, you know, he's hard to hit. That I mean, you talk you you talk about how good of a pitcher you know he can be, but you know, in these last two starts, we're seeing you know, two main things in my eyes. And, you know, number one is the velocity being down. We're seeing a lot of 94, 95 mile an hour fastballs. And let's just be honest, like, in, it, you know, to a bait, you know, to a non-baseball fan, it might not seem like a big deal, three miles an hour, but it is a big deal. Um, you know, that, that pitch becomes a lot more hittable when it's just a straight fastball and it's three miles an hour less than it normally is. And he's just leaving them over the plate. Like he, you know, you like you those the pitch the, the hit right now with the velocity down and the control that he's got over the fastball, it's becoming a meatball for hitters. Like it's way too easy to hit. He's giving up, you know, really hard contact. And I mean, you know, he did have six strikeouts, but he gave up three home runs in this game. Like that that is not going to work long term. You can't give up three home runs in an hour. You just can't. I mean, we get mad at Garrett Cole if he gives up one. You know, so like Sevy cannot be giving up three home runs in an outing. And honestly, right now, I don't really want him to see the Mets. I think he's going to be lined up, you know, for game one of that Mets series. I don't really want him to see the Mets because even though the Mets just got swept by Atlanta, you know, they they are a pretty good baseball team. And 
I'm like, I'm genuinely like concerned about Sevy right now. I'm not very confident in, in, in his pitches right now because he's just making, he's leaving them way over the plate and they're just way too easy to hit right now. No, yeah, definitely. And it's, uh, yeah, like you said, it's just these, these few series up coming up or the, the series coming up, it's just, it's concerning. You know, this is a, you know, that's, they just put up a 10 spot last night. I mean, they just got walked off on, but it's, yeah, they just put up a 10 spot last night and it's, you know, <laughs> my God, if Severino can't figure it out, you know, what could it be against Sevy? It's, it's bad. So yeah, everything just doesn't look in, he doesn't look in command right now. And it's, it's, it's scary. Um, so you can really hope that it just, he figures it out. That's it. There's no other, there's no other way to it. And yeah, I mean, you actually, you just said it right there, like, you know, guys like Cole, he gives up a home run and we're like, all right, what the fuck? But you know, Severino, we've been, we've given a, we've given a couple breaks in the guys, guys injured every single year. It's time to start dialing in. Like it's time to start. Come on. Yeah. And I mean, with all that being said, I mean, the Yankees had a lead in this game too. Um, and Michael King, you know, late in that yeah. game gives up the homer to Eloy. I mean, I mean, Michael King has been good, so you know it's it's hard to it's hard to really kill him. Um, but you know, just a bad pitch to a guy who does exemplify you know a lot of power, um, and you know, really really tough way to give up the lead there. You bring in Michael King, and you know, you know, we, we've been talking you know on and off you know the pod about you know how we both have a ton of confidence in Michael King at the back end of that bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot, I think a lot of people do, and Boone obviously does, and you know for good reason. The guys are really good, um, but definitely a tough home run to give up because the. I mean, believe it or not, Seve pitches you know bad again. The Yankees have a lead in this game. I mean, if they win this game, you know we could be you know we're looking at you know a, a doubleheader sweep, two out of three, a totally totally different view of this series if they win this game and the Michael King you know home run given up is is what killed that. No, yeah, definitely. I mean. Yeah, I mean, completely different outcome on the series. You know, it's a, losing a series to a to a bad team, especially in a stretch like this, is going to be such a big confidence killer like that. Um, you know, especially with guy like, a guy like Judge out. I think I feel like Michael King. He's uh, yeah, he's been good. Definitely, he's been fine. I'm I'm not gonna not gonna harp on him, but he's there's just a bit of a weird stretch where a lot of his pitches have been just almost just just tossed over the plate it's been just hung over like his sweeper just keeps hanging over um you know the sinker he left just way too much in the zone yesterday against Jimenez but uh you know just a bit of a weird stretch for King hopefully nothing serious um but yeah uh, a lot of credit to however to this bullpen I don't know if you saw the graphic yesterday they're first in like six of the major categories like that's it's they're stupid right now so I mean a lot of a lot of a lot of praise to that bullpen yeah, I mean overall, <clears throat> excuse me. Overall, the bull, the bullpen's been great. You know, like you just like you just touched on, and you know we had a really really big performance out of the bullpen in Game Three, which we'll you know we'll touch on in a minute. But I, there there there's just one more you know a couple more things I want to talk about within Game Two. I mean, you know Boone finally makes a move that like people might have freaked out on, and then they kind of had to sit back and shut up pretty much because he leads off Willie in this game, and Willie has a day. Willie hits, yeah. you know, two hits, a home run, um, you know, three RBIs out of the leadoff spot, which, again, is a very weird spot for Willie, I feel like. But, you know, he gets the job done. And, you know, we talked about how, you know, the big guys didn't do anything in this game. Well, they scored five runs, so somebody else had to do it. I mean, it was Willie. Jake Bowers is an extra base hit machine right now. Uh, the guy hits doubles and home runs, you know, more, more, I feel like, than he hits singles. 
And, you know, another really nice day at the play for Higashioka, who I feel like is lately kind of like under the radar, putting together some really good at-bats. Um, the the catchers in this series combined, you know, Jose and Higgy, four of nine. So, you know, pretty good production out of, you know, the catching position in the series overall. But I, I do feel like Higgy's putting together some really good at-bats as of late. I, I think his at-bats in the Padres series are really good. He had a huge day um, in that third game against the Padres. And I was actually, you know, comparing some of their stats. And Higgy's got a higher OPS than Trevino. He's got a higher average than Trevino. He's, he's got more home runs. He's got a higher slugging percentage. And we know that Higgy is going to have, you know, more home runs than Trevino. But Trevino has not been very good this year. And if Higgy's going to be swinging the bat well, I know everybody loves Jose, but they need that offensive production right now. So I would expect for for Boone to, you know, start putting Higgy in the lineup a little bit more because at the end of the day, especially with Judge out right now, they need some of that offensive production. And if Higgy's going to give it to them, then he needs to be in the lineup. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I was – that was I was noticing a Higgy, like, just kind of surge right there. He was, you know, uh, he was getting on base a good amount. Um, and you know, Jose, I feel like we've got we got into this conversation around this time last year. Um, of you know, we love the guy. He's literally he's a fan favorite. He's you know, first platinum catcher we've had in however long. But he's just not he's not hitting well. He has, and he's not a hitting. He's not a hitting catcher like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it only goes into conversation of, you know, is Higgy gonna, is Higgy gonna get is Higgy going to get the more starts? Uh, and even with a guy like Garrett Cole, like, is he going to get? Is he gonna be? It's like, is he gonna be back behind the dish more a lot more than Trev, Trevino is now because of the because of his offense. His defense is, you know, his defense is good. I feel like his throwing is just eh sometimes. Um, but no, I think this. I think this past stretch for Higgy has been really good. He got pinch hit in the uh, in the ninth of the uh, of game two, and I was kind of. I was. I'm actually actually wondering that because he he had two hits that night, and they pinch hit him for Donaldson. Um, I think Donaldson worked. Yeah, Donaldson still worked a walk, but you know I'm surprised they still pinch hit Higgy instead of uh, just keeping him in because he's been on a hitting streak. But yeah, it, it's a good thing that you that you brought that up. He has been on. He Higgy has been uh, a name to to keep an eye out for. Yeah, I was a little, I was a little confused by that move as well. Actually, going to Donaldson, but I think Boone has has kind of showed at this point that he doesn't have a ton of confidence in Higgy offensively. We've seen, you know, countless times him, you know, pinch hit for Higgy, and you know, in late and close spots. So, I, I think it's just kind of a, you know, a matter of no matter what he did that day, you know, they just don't have a ton of trust in Higgy to consistently, you know, have these at bats, but. If he's going to have them right now, he needs to be in the lineup right now. And then when he cools off, you can go back. But they need that offensive production right now. So I definitely want and I think we will see Higgy in the lineup a little bit more. Yeah, um, and I also don't want to overreact a little bit. But touching on Josh Donaldson, I returning from the IL, he has not played his worst baseball. Let's let's be a little real. He has not played his worst. Like, he's made some good defensive plays, especially uh, at third. I don't know if you saw the one where he's literally, like, mid-glove adjustment, but... <laughs> Yeah, I did yeah. see that actually. Yeah, at uh, all. Yeah. yeah, everything. Um, but he he even had a nice play in the game two last night. Um, and his hitting, I mean, he's hit. Uh, he's hit three home runs since his return, and I mean, not a bad, not a bad display of baseball so far for Donaldson. So let's just just keep an eye out. Yeah, listen, I don't think we're gonna see, you know, an overall 
you know, good hitter out of Donaldson. But I do think that there is potential for him to run into some more baseballs than he did last year. I think, you know, there was a lot of, you know, times last year that it just seemed like he was kind of zapped of his power. It seemed like, you know, he would put a pretty decent swing on a ball and it just wouldn't really go anywhere. And I, I feel like watching Donaldson growing up, you know, if he if he put a swing on a ball like that, you know, in Toronto or even in Minnesota and Atlanta, it was out. So, like, I feel like he was a little bit zapped of his power last year. We're seeing a little bit more power so far, so maybe that's a good sign. But I still don't think that people should look at Donaldson and think that you know he's going to be the savior of this lineup because I think he's still hitting under 200 since he's been back. So we have seen some power, and defensively, I mean, you talked about you know the the, the kind of funny one on the adjustment that that throw in game one, just absolutely oh, yeah. ridiculous. Oh, and man. you know, I feel like everybody now is is willing to buy how good he is defensively because he just he really is so good. But um, yeah, hopefully, you know, this is a sign that maybe he's got some of his power back because at the end of the day, if, if he's going to hit, you know, 215, 220, but he's going to give some, you know, some power production and, you know, some slugging, the Yankees are going to take that from the third base position because they just they haven't gotten anything from anybody else there. So definitely, you know, a good thing to see. Hopefully, you know, he can keep it up. Let's, uh, let's move to game three. The only game in the series that the Yankees win. Thank God yeah, they seriously. won this game. <laughs> they got swept. Oh, man. But they're able to win it behind, obviously, the Randy performance that we talked about. Um, and Clay, not Clay, excuse me, and Ronnie. Ronnie Marinaccio, yeah, two man. third innings um, in this game. What a performance from him. He comes in the bullpen, shuts them down right after Randy, and, you know, that Clay's able to come in and get the job done. But I, this was one of the best performances that I've seen from Ronnie in a Yankees uniform, he was using his changeup in, you know, all counts. I think he threw a 3-2 changeup, you know, was able to get a strikeout. That When that changeup is on, it's one of the best pitches out of that bullpen. I think, you know, it's almost unhittable, especially against left-handers for Ronnie. And he, you know, really came in and shut the White Sox down and in a close game. I mean, from the time he came in to the time he left, it was 3 nothing. So this is high leverage for Ronnie. He's been a little bit up and down this year. And, you know, for him to come in and just completely shut down the hopes of the White Sox and, you know, give it straight to Clay still with a three-run lead because, let's be honest, with Clay, a one-run lead is still a little bit iffy. Like, you don't feel great. Three runs, you feel fine. Like, Clay, Clay can go in there and, and, and hold a three-run lead. So I thought the Ronnie performance in this game was absolutely crucial, and I think it was one of the best performances of the series because this was the only game the Yankees won, and he had a huge part in it. Uh, yeah, definitely, and – Marnaccio this year has been pretty up and down, um, especially towards the beginning of the year. Uh, he's been really like, you know, we've had we have confidence in Marnaccio, but at the same time, we're like, you know, the numbers just don't look good. Um, but this was such a, you know, almost going three innings right there. This was such an uplifting relief appearance from Marnaccio, just because, you know, obviously the confidence we've had in him, you know, that's a guy we can rely on in the bullpen, but. Um, you know, if that's just if that's where, like you said right there, mm -hmm. where the changeup, he's been so, he was he was so changeup dominant right there in that game. You know, if we continue to see that pitch uh, move the way it move the way it was, then we're gonna definitely see a lot more Marinaccio appearances and a pretty good stretch from Marinaccio as well, just because you know, you know, he is so good when <clears throat> you know when his pitches are on like that and. Uh, another guy in the bullpen that we do that we kind of look past on a lot too, right there. You know, that's a guy that rounds it out really well. And, you know, even in even in games where, 
you know, two run games and your guys like King or, you know, Holmes, if, you know, either they're struggling or if they're, you know, not available for the night, you know, you can have a guy like Marnacho to come in and closing games out. And if the, you know, if he gets into his rhythm where he's almost untouchable, like he was in that little stretch of last year, uh, towards the end of the year, then, you know, <laughs> this bullpen just going to be even better. Yeah. So obviously that's the only game that, the Yankees win in this series. Uh, I touched on it when we were talking about Judge a little bit, but they've dropped eight and a half games back in the division. Tampa just continues to win. Um, and we also did touch on, you know, the schedule a little bit moving forward. So, you know, three games at home at the stadium against the Red Sox. Um, we're going to see Cole tonight, uh, Herman on Saturday, and then we should see Schmidt on Sunday. Uh, and that'll be against Garrett Whitlock, Tanner Houck, and Brian Bayo. Um, the Red Sox are kind of fighting for, you know, their season at this point because they're continuing to drop further and further, you know, away from the Rays and even away from the, the wild card race because, you know, of how good, you know, the rest of the division has been. So I kind of feel like they're almost in a way fighting for their season a little bit right now. So, you know, this is a this is going to be a really big series at home. I mean, you know, you have to go to Fenway next week. So, you know, I feel like you have to take two out of three if – you know, you're the Yankees, because even if even without Judge, I think, you know, they 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 line up with Boston. OK, I don't think Boston is all that good. And, you know, if they can get a good outing out of Cole and a good outing out of Herman, who has been really good, then, you know, they can really set themselves up for two out of three. I think they need to do that, though. Yeah, and uh, they have a big pitching series this match or this week uh, with Cole, Herman and Schmidt. I mean, I feel like those have been uh Schmidt especially have been some pretty big names in our cast, especially. So this is a big series for them to see how they can uh, hold their own at home. And, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing more just to say. I mean, what other, what other series – I mean, no other series is as big as a Red Sox-Yankees. So, I mean, this is these are going to be a pretty highlighted next few games, a lot of them especially on national TV. So that's going to be a pretty cool weekend. Yeah, and I also feel like they're kind of catching these teams at the right time because – you know, Boston's been struggling. They just lost three out of four against Tampa over the weekend. Um, and they're below 500 now. So I think you're kind of catching Boston at a good time. You're obviously catching the Mets at a pretty good time because they just got absolutely dominated by, you know, their daddies in Atlanta. Yeah. So, like, you might be catching them at a good time. I'm not sure. You know, maybe that'll piss them off or, you know, maybe, you know, they sink. But, you know, and then the Red Sox again. So, you know, not not an easy, you know, three-series stretch, especially without Aaron Judge. But, you know, I think there are definitely some winnable games in there, um, you know, in that eight-game stretch. And I was kind of wondering, you know, what you felt their record needs to be in that eight-game stretch, you know, for, for them to, you know, stay afloat without Judge to, you know, keep them, you know, still in the race, to keep the – to keep everybody at bay and, you know, keep the confidence pretty high out of that eight game stretch, you know, six being against Boston and two being against, you know, the Metropolitans, you know, what does the record kind of need to look like? <clears throat> you need to at least take two out of three, both times against Boston. I think that's just a must. Um, and, you know, in city field against, against Scherzer and Verlander, I mean, they've been like up and down this year, but, that's you know depending on who's scheduled to pitch that those those games. Uh, I think at, at the total, what's that? Two, two, one. I, you need five. You need five out of the eight, um, at least. That's that's those are 
the record will I, where I see them coming out of, yeah, I, I think I see five wins coming out of it. I feel like there's the Yankees are never a sweep sweep series team, so I don't think they're ever going to sweep the series. But uh, you need to at least you need to get to against Boston. Um, in Boston, after after the Mets is going to be crucial as well. Um, that's where you're going to need you need that just to get yourself into a comfortable position in the in the uh, in the standings as well. You know, that's that's really it. It's just it's big games. You got to win. Yeah, I think these Boston series are really important too because, I mean, you know, you kind of want to put them away. You don't want to have to worry about all four teams in the division. And right now you you, you kind of have to. You know, yeah. the Red Sox are kind of teetering, you know, on that line. If you can, if you could take four out of six from them, I mean, you, you kind of shut them up for a little bit. You push them a little bit further down. Um and you don't have to worry about them for a little bit. So I do think that you know you need to you need to take two out of three at home. I, I feel like you know you have to take two out of three at home in Boston. You split at City Field, and then hopefully you could take two out of three at Fenway. But I could also see them losing two out of three, kind of you know a full split with the Red Sox. So I could also see you know a four and four instead of a five and three. But I think either way, that's kind of what this team is projected right now because they're a 500 team without judge. So um, I just wanted to see if, you know, that, you know, the stats kind of lined up with our thinking. And it kind of did, to be honest. Yeah, with yeah, you. yeah definitely. Definitely. Um, um, one thing about the Red Sox is they play really bad defense. Um, they are second worst in the league in, in defensive run saved. Um only in front of the AAA athletics. So if, if I'm the Yankees, put the ball in play. You know, let them make mistakes out there. It doesn't have to be the home run ball um, at the stadium. Put the ball in play. Let them, you know, make some, you know, defensive mistakes. Yeah, that's really it. There's, there's no other way around it. But, uh, yeah, this is just the biggest thing is how big of a series this is. I mean, it's, you know, standings are so important right now. Um, I feel like every team is just still in the mix of something. You know, like you just said, like, you know, all four teams are still in there. Um you know, Toronto, I mean, the Toronto's a, such a back-and-forth team, but, I mean, they have the star power to, to get themselves back to where they need to be. Um, you know, the Orioles are, are a young, fun team doing their thing, and, you know, the Rays are, the Rays are the Rays still winning. So it's, you know, such a, you know, such a crucial, you know, how will this offense perform without Judge? You know, how can the, you know, can the pitching staff continue, continue to do what they do? Um, you know, what's the lineup going to look like? You know, this is such a, such a, such a like stressful upcoming few days. Yep. So hopefully, you know, hopefully Cole comes out and shoves tonight. So, you know, we can start, we can start off, you know, this series with a win. I yeah. think that's going to be really important. Um, and, you know, hopefully we could build, so we can start building some momentum. We need some different guys to go offensively, but you know, hopefully Rizzo can start figuring himself out. Glaber hit a home run in the third game, but he's kind of been, you know, struggling. And, and my guy, DJ, has been an absolute shell of himself. So we definitely need some of those guys to get it going. But that is going to do it here for the Bronx Lounge podcast. We will see you guys Monday morning to early afternoon, right after, right after the Yankees finish the series at the stadium against the Red Sox. So tune in for that one. Subscribe to all the socials going to be posting content and you know stuff on every single one of them pretty much almost daily and that's going to be it so we will see you guys next time go yanks let's go yanks